Hello, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan Lapique, the lead market research and thought leadership effort for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice, and I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have with us here today Eugene Kublanoff. Eugene is a veteran of the Advice Worth Keeping podcast series, and we invited him here today to talk about what he is seeing as some of the top trends and predictions relative to service delivery models as we progress into the new year. So Eugene, thanks again for joining us here on Advice Worth Keeping. And what's on your horizon? What are you seeing out there today? Yeah, thank you, Sam. Great to be back. It's interesting, the evolution of service delivery and the service delivery model that many organizations have stood up and evolved over time. And what I see really changing and evolving this year and into next year there's still many traditional challenges that clients are tackling. But at the same time, I think the technologies that we're seeing in the market today, whether it's RPA or Cognitive or BPM solutions that have evolved or mobile solutions or cloud solutions, all of those technology disruptors are impacting the service delivery model as well. So definitely see lots of clients really rethinking how to execute in the new service delivery model world, and also how to manage this new platform that they're standing up. And then last but not least, I think there's a absolute new and renewed focus on third-party risk management. And many of the third parties that plug into an organization's service delivery model, whether it's providing software solutions or services or even hardware for that matter, there's absolutely an increased focus by the organization to look at the third parties to understand levels of risk. So we can cover all those three transactions as we get into it. Stan, I guess, first of all, in terms of tackling the traditional challenges. It always amazes me. I've been in this industry for 25 years, and I remember asking one of my early mentors, how much longer is the runway for the shared services trend? And he told me at the time, look, he said, it's been going for 20 years, and it's probably going to go another 20 or 30 years. It amazes me that companies are still struggling with certain core assets of service delivery. One of those I think that is particularly interesting is the management of services. And when I think in terms of management of services, I think in terms of the connectivity between the ultimate end user of services or the customer and understanding and tracking the demand coming from business units and connecting that demand with both internal and external capacity. And what we find are organizations that sit in the middle play that air traffic controller role. You'd think by now, 30-something years into the shared services trend and the GBS trend over the last probably 10 or so, that organizations would have that demand and capacity and supply chain figured out and acting and, and executing flawlessly. But honestly, it's not the case. And we still see many clients discovering the concept altogether and then understanding how important it actually is to the success of a GBS or a shared services organization. 
I recently had a client where they had outsourced a fairly critical HR function to a third party. This is a large and established organization. They really failed to think through the demand side, didn't spend enough time with the ultimate end users to understand what kind of demand would be coming and what the outsourced third party would be on the hook to deliver. And what happened as a result was the demand actually turned out to be double what they had anticipated. And the service provider, obviously, going off of demand signals that were provided to them, and they didn't back to the capacity needed to address the demand. And what began happening very quickly after the contract was signed was that service delivery quality just wasn't there. So the client the ultimate end users of this service began complaining to the GBS organization saying, hey, this third-party relationship that you put in place isn't working. They're not doing a good job. The noise mounted and mounted to the point where ultimately that relationship was severed after only about a year or a year and a half of service. And if you look at the root cause of that failure, it's really not on the service provider because frankly, that service provider is quite well known in the industry and, and generally does an excellent job with their clients. But it's it simply in this case, there was not enough attention paid to the finer points of enterprise service management. Cases like that are continuously occurring and we definitely see clients still tuning and working to fix those kind of issues, make sure that the, the model is working overall and delivering the quality services that end users expect. You're really talking about more of an evolution or progression of some of the traditional service delivery models then, and that organizations need to continue to fine-tune and get better at what they've been doing for the past, as you say, in some cases, maybe 20 years. I would contrast that to some of the talk in the market that with the advancement in technology, such as robotics process automation, artificial intelligence, that maybe GBS organization is going to face a decline. But from what you're describing, it sounds like it's alive and well, and there's a lot of work to be done to continue to improve its capacity. Would that be accurate? On the one hand, organizations are still challenged to fix the more traditional process and people-oriented issues. And the one I mentioned is just one of them. The other traditional issues still remain around getting, identifying, and keeping the quality talent needed to run these service delivery models. And then there's just the basics of tracking of service delivery and management, better reporting, better measurement, and then the behavioral changes associated with actually seeing performance data and trends and things like that. So all of that continues on the one hand. On the other hand, you rightly pointed out, much of service delivery models, subcomponents, I would say, are getting automated. And it's brand new territory, in a sense, for GBS organizations and service delivery management groups. Like, okay, so yesterday, we had a bunch of people in India doing this work in a captive center. And today, Half of them are gone, and we've got bots that are sitting somewhere performing the work. Okay, what's our role now? I think a lot of organizations are looking in the mirror and asking themselves, what is my role, and how do I adapt to this change in the marketplace? Not only is an enterprise automating their own capabilities, but we also see a lot of the third-party vendors that a company works with they're also automating their service delivery models. Now, that is happening in a very invisible way, in a sense. 
because if you think about a traditional outsourcing relationship, you've got services being delivered, service levels associated with those. In many cases, if a client doesn't ask, they may not know how many people are actually delivering services to them out of some center. And many clients don't think to ask, but we've had multiple situations now where we've advised our clients to conduct a fairly thorough review of not just automation opportunities within their own organization, but also essentially look through their third-party service delivery value chain to understand where have third parties automated, where haven't they automated where they should automate, and then most importantly, I would say, how is that value chain of the client, the outsourcing provider, and then whatever the outsourcing provider is doing to automate their service delivery model, how are the economics changing of that relationship because of automation? Because obviously, if a third party automates part of their service delivery model, their costs are going to go down fairly dramatically. Well, the big question then becomes how much of that value is actually flowing to the client. Most companies we work with don't really think along that service delivery value chain, but are starting to wake up to the fact that this is a huge opportunity to not just get better at and more accurate in the service provision, but also to drive significant cost savings. We've seen upwards of 30, 40%. So now you've got that type of situation occurring. And then back to, again, the groups that are traditional vendor management organizations. What is their role in managing those kind of scenarios to look at automation through a value chain? Do they have the talent to do that? Do they understand the technology platforms and the opportunity associated with those things? I think as technology really permeates, it really is forcing those organizations that are used to more traditional vendor and delivery management to rethink, how do I operate in this new world? So, Eugene, maybe to wrap up, you had mentioned at the outset the importance of looking at risk and risk management. What are some of the key points there in general relative to service delivery models, but also some of the key points to look at from a risk management standpoint as some of these services are increasingly automated? I would say some of the companies that I'm thinking about, perhaps two years ago, they didn't even think about the fact that they needed a vendor management organization, period. And then what's happened over probably the last two years is that you've had some really, really major blowouts in terms of data privacy, in terms of hacking and and hackers getting access to PII. I think those major blowouts that you've seen across the newspapers and the press have really forced clients to explore how they happen. And sadly, one of the ways or one of the vulnerabilities that many have found is that their major risk is actually in their value chain with their third parties. It's not so much that they're vulnerable as their own enterprise, their firewalls and their data management policies and everything else are very solid, but you've got thousands of third parties that work with an enterprise. And it's very difficult to understand and to gauge whether those thousands of third parties have the same rigor associated with protecting data and their environment. So as a result, we do see and are seeing many companies, stand-up vendor management organizations that are now charged with risk assessing their entire third-party universe, right? 
And the types of risks that they're assessing for, they can be anything from reputational, because ultimately working with ill-reputed third parties can have an impact on the enterprise. They're looking for cyber security potential risks that can impact an organization. They're looking at financial risks. We're working with organizations that are stable, that'll be around, and that we can rely on. What is our position and what is our posture relative to all of these third parties, knowing that this is a potential significant area of risk for many enterprises? Lots of work to be done in that space, and many of the vendor management organizations we deal with are are really in the process of trying to figure out how do we do this risk management stuff while we do the value management as well, and how do we do it at scale and do it efficiently. That's, I think, a great point to end on. So as usual, thank you very much for your insights today. And I think wrapping up with a forward pointer to really focus on balancing risk and balancing value is a great stopping point. Again, thanks for your time today. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. 